0: Hi, I'm Matt Kierkegaard and this is a special edition of Brews News live from Gabs in Melbourne. Thanks to Bintani, Brews News was able to take our mobile studio to Gabs and capture some great discussions with a wide range of people in the beer industry. We do a lot of conversations, but there's something about having a live studio at Gabs that just saw the guests relax and talk in a way that they don't always do when there's a microphone in front of them. As a result, we will be serving up some terrific bonus content over the next few weeks that will offer some very interesting and forthright observations. Bear in mind that when we say it's the Brews News Studio, it is actually just a stall in a bustling and crowded beer festival with all of the noise and challenges that recording there brings. Credit to our producer Joe Helder for making it work despite the audio challenges. In this episode, we kick off with a conversation with Phil and Dale Meddings from Bintani. Your first thought may be, well, this series was sponsored by Bintani, so this is an ad. I can assure you that it's not. It was really part of the deal in working with Bintani on this project that we also got to finally interview Phil and Dale as well. A lot has happened with Bintani over the past 12 months, from the partial sale of their business to their US counterpart, Ra Corporation which in turn led to the end of their agreement with Yakima Chief Hops. that in turn led to a lawsuit in the US relating to the termination of that contract. Not a lot has been covered about those areas, but we discussed the events from last year in detail and what it meant for the business and their plans for the future, as well as learn a little bit more about how Bintani came to be. It's a very forthright chat with two genuine gentlemen of the beer game, and I hope you would enjoy it as much as I did. And thanks to Bintani. This is Radio Brews News Live. Bintani handpicks the best and they handpick the best guest for our podcast today. And speaking of Bintani, I've got uh, two young bucks here, uh, Phil and Dale Mettings from Bintani. How are you guys? Very
1: well, Matt.
2: Good to really be here. Good, Matt. We didn't handpick ourselves, by the way, did we? No.
0: Well, no. See, the great thing about this, and uh, to our listeners, this is uh, our, our coverage of uh, GABS 2019 is sponsored by Bintani. But this actually gives me an opportunity to have you guys in the hot seat and ask some of the questions that, as you know, I've been wanting to uh, ask you uh, for for some time. It's been a big yes. year for Bintani. Apart from all of your usual activities and your 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 sponsorships, yep. uh, about six months ago, you announced a partial um, sale of the business um, yeah. to an American uh, enterprise, and yeah, very soon afterwards, that led to a. Uh, uh, I, I guess it's a major falling out with Yakima Chiefs, who had been a long-term partner with you. So uh,
2: a tumultuous divorce. Yeah, yeah, and, and look, I,
0: I guess take us back. Tell us a little bit about the you know the, the decision to. Um, You've always been a family-owned business. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your decision to take on an external partner, particularly one that was uh, overseas.
2: Yep. No worries. Um, so yeah, this is just was... so the listeners know, this is Phil's voice answering uh, okay. this one. Sorry, yes, uh, Phil here. Um, yeah, it was a big, big twelve months for sure. Um, look, the decision to, to partner with uh, with BSG out of the US was really. Um, something that grew out of a relationship that was based in uh, based in a real desire to have a long-term stable position in a constantly changing industry and I reckon everybody out there would know that craft beer um, has has gone from a, a tiny little niche that we're all incredibly passionate about into into a um, into a business employing lots of people uh, people have their life savings invested in it there's there's businesses that are that are critical um, to people and we're very aware of that. We're also really aware um, of two things that as a family, we want to stay involved in the industry. But secondly, as a wholesaler, we, we sit between producers, manufacturers and, um, and brewers, our customers, our partners. And we're aware of consolidation taking place both on the supply side and on the, on the customer side. And um, you know, long-term, strategically, wholesalers uh, can be squeezed out quite, quite easily. Um, and, and the decision was born from a real desire to, to have a long-term position in the industry and to, to partner with BSG um, and really bring the strength of their supply lines. They are a family business that's been doing what they do for over five generations. They're not going anywhere in, in supplying breweries. And um, as a as a family business, you know we we were able to do something that meant that we kept a, a significant financial or investment in the in the industry and in the business in Bintani, but we've got stronger supply lines than ever. And um, I know you're gonna I know you're gonna drill down a bit into the supply line question. <laughs> and that's fine, but. Um, but uh, we take a long-term view. <laughs> you wouldn't view.
0: sponsor us if we didn't ask the hard questions. No, no,
2: no, no, not a problem at all. We're we're um we happy to answer anything. Yes, Matt.
0: We we have seen you. You talked about the industry's maturing, you know, and I guess uh, I mean Brews News. I, I'm acutely aware of that. You know, it, it's uh, some guy sitting around a kitchen table with a laptop um, as it started, um, and it's, it's it hasn't grown beyond that. But yeah. you know, we've seen a lot of breweries that have started their operations. In garages, your know, home brewing and bootstrapping their operations, and uh, you know, you guys literally started a supply business in yeah. your back shed. Um, so, yeah. a, a lot of the industry is, has done that. And what we're hearing from a lot of brewers is there is a certain amount of challenge. You know, you can scale up a couple of times. You know, on your own, you know, mortgaging your house or things, but there comes a time when when it grows. How do we take that next step? Um, do yeah. we sell? Do we take on partners? Do we equity exactly. crowdfund?
2: It's a huge question. And there's, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not uh, our position to judge the decisions that people make because they're, they're making decisions around their lives. But um, I think you see all sorts of different shapes of, of partnerships and investments and business evolution. And, you know, just was it last week we saw the, uh, the dogfish head, Samuel Adams? amalgamation partnership sort of joint venture and dogfish takeover. had previously
0: taken on private equity um to yep. to, to fund their growth and uh, it, it, it it is a, obviously a challenge for any business wanting to grow
2: yeah as a consumer and a, a zealot of craft beer um our, you know i'm sure dale thinks the same as i do on this one but um it's a it's a lot more palatable to see two strong companies come together and solidify, so I'm talking about Dogfish Head and Samuel Adams here, solidify their position in the market and their ability to exist long term Um, and hopefully that's, well that was a a large part of what drove us, we've partnered with a company that understands the industry understands our customers, BSG in the US, their customers are exactly like like Bintani's customers here, we actually we're speaking the same language and so working with them um, we uh, we 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 strongly believe means that we can um, we can we can deliver the best product to Australia's brewers for a long time. Um, You know, just just to sort of elaborate on the consolidation thing, you 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 look at what's happened with, uh, and it's probably going to continue happening with um, what are formerly independent um, small craft businesses being purchased by larger. Multinational, uh, in a lot of cases, a lot, you know, your AB Bevs and your, your Kirans Kirins and Asahi. When those when those transactions take place, um, the brewers go from making purchasing decisions themselves to having access to a procurement department and global uh, access to, you know, global access to products. And um, as a supplier and as a partner, you know, working with a company like BSG enables us to um, provide better better service. Better um, consistency of product, better um, security of product, better pricing—all those things, you know. So I guess we're matching what's happening in our industry to a degree, but we're doing it in a way that we we feel keeps us in it.
0: Dale, I might bring you in uh, at, at this point. Were there a lot of uh, family meetings? I know it's a, like it, it's very much a family-owned business. Um, were there a lot of you know around the kitchen table discussions about? the best way to go ahead?
1: It was a really big decision and we we threw it around between ourselves for a long, long time, not just between Pete, Phil and I, but, but with our spouses and the, the wider family. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it really made so much sense on so many levels that it it, it, it was no real sort of... We were all on the same page completely with it. We really were. And the guys at BSG who we've known for a long, long time, they they really do work in very similar ways to us. And we've had a really similar evolution of our business models through the year. Like We both started at similar times with a one-stop shop model that has really kind of proven its worth in many places around the world. Um, and we... We, like Phil said, we, we think and we act the same way. So it wasn't a tough decision in the end. Um, but, yeah, we did... Uh, these things, they take a bit of time to to get there. And, yeah, I think we've made a... We're all very happy and very comfortable with where we've landed.
0: And was there much nervousness about making that making the announcement when you were uh, sort of uh, ready to hit send on the, uh, the, the media release that goes out? I mean, I, I, I know that I sit on the other side of the... Uh, email stream when these things come out, and I do often wonder what's the thinking or what's the what's happening on the other side of the computer <laughs> lines when you hit send.
2: <laughs> That's very diplomatic, Matt. I reckon we probably um, we could have we could have done things differently, media-wise, in making announcements. But um, uh, look, it's not really our we 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 we, we run our business pretty. Um, Pretty much openly and honestly and transparently, and we don't actually spend a lot of time overthinking the. Um, we're fairly private, uh, and we don't we don't spend a lot of time thinking about making public announcements, and even sort of sitting down doing this talk is a little uh, more. Um, I don't know. We're not talking about ingredients here. We're talking about other things, I, and that's unusual I, I, for us. So
0: I, I know that. And uh, you, you've, as I said, you've been ducking me for uh, the, the, the six months. So this is my chance. So hopefully, it doesn't kill the sponsorship. But uh, yeah. uh, it, but it is. But but, but, but I mean, that, I, I guess when you drill down into that, that's when you talk about the growing awareness of uh, you know the, the, the growth of the craft beer industry. The businesses are changing. You know, it's it's yeah. not just a bunch of mates who had the idea to make a beer. Um, Seemed yeah. like a good idea, drunk man. Oh, yeah, soap man does what the uh, drunk man says, um, yep. sort of thing. You know, th- th- these days they are businesses, and uh, you know you can't just make a business decision without it having an impact on your customers and having to think about things like marketing strategies and uh, you know communication strategies.
2: Yep, that is very true. That's very true, and um, I don't know. I hope in 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 the sense of conveying. What our ingredients can do, and um, what the attributes of them are, and all those sorts of things, we're 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 we're, we're excellent. I hope we've got heaps of things on the on the uh, agenda to do more of that in the coming years as well. Um, but um, but sort of talking about a, a a partnership, which is you know, no one really wants to talk about. Yep. That sort of thing it involves dollars and cents, and um, but really, the overriding thing for us is about strengthening our our position in the industry like we had i remember talking to a, a brewer um a, a sort of a fairly large brewer a, a big hop customer um two years ago who was very concerned about our ability to um guarantee supply of hops through yakima chief um it was around the time when um uh you know like there's some pretty good hop supplies obviously in australia uh, and and with with HBA being a bath you know, another sort of family business, but very much a um, a big player in the global market. German family, um, uh, you know, the question was raised: Hey, how, how how are you guys? How comfortable are you with your with your hop supplies? And um, you know that that's that's a question we have to be able to answer. And with BSG and the absolute the breadth of their supply lines and their scale in the U.S. market and their production facilities, um, relationships with growers, uh, we've significantly strengthened our supply lines and, you know, throw the question back to me, Mosaic, Citra. you can ask me about those ones, no worries at all and I'll, and Dale will answer those, but um, but, but, I mean,
0: tell us, because I, I guess the first question a lot of people are asking, is Bintani still a hop company? Because you you were you, you had invested so much in your relationship with, uh, um, the with Alchemist,
2: the Alchemist,
0: Alchemist. Alchemist. yeah, and yeah. Uh, you you had such a very close family to family relationship with them.
2: Look, um, there is absolutely we are we are we are still exactly the same one stop shop as we've always been. We do significant significant hop supplies, and um, in fact, I think that'll that'll only continue to grow, um, and and. You know our business continues to grow, and um, over the over the years we've had many ups and downs in hop supply. This is not the first time there's been, um, you know, zigs and zags in uh, in in where hops come from. If you look through someone, I'm sure there's probably a book out there on 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 the families that supply hops and the hop market around the world. But it's incredibly turbulent. You're talking about agricultural product. You're talking about now with craft beer. You're talking about a demand equation that's completely unpredictable um lagers to
0: unprecedented to some to to, to some extent
2: yeah so you combine agricultural fluctuations with you know preference in beer tastes and you've got you've got a huge amount of variability and you know the companies that supply hops in the US are actually looking at how they do their business they want to control their channels they want to control their customers and um it's a, it's just you know the only only thing you can rely on is that it's going to be changing so we're very aware of that we post our um you know change in the way we <laughs> being diplomatic here um <laughs> following the change in where we source our hops um uh we're pretty excited actually uh, because we we've we've got hops that are open to us now that um that we we didn't have access to before so what 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 we'll do is what we've done in the past, which is introduce the brewers of Australia to a broader variety of hops. And I guess you know, I, I, brewers know what hops are out there, but can they get them on a consistent, reliable, um, best cost basis? And and that's what we're our that's what our value add in the industry is. And um and you know over the we have sort of been pretty pumped. Um, all the guys at Bintani, um, you know, Justin, Mitch, Fabian, everyone on the ground is is really fired up about new hop varieties that are becoming accessible to us um and not only new hop varieties but new um technology that's you know there's a lot of analysis that's going on in uh, like darren gamash at, at vgf's doing on um on isolating uh characteristics mm-hmm. in, within the amarillo hop for example so where's that so, so so he's um dale's more technical than me on this but do, do you want to talk about what darren's doing the amarillos and
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one because Amarillo, it's it's one of the kind of original craft beer hops that really blew it up. Um, And Darren's always had very good control over that that product. But what he's aiming to do with his his sort of um, growing program is isolate certain characters and flavours in that hop as they develop throughout the growing season. And pick it based on what the customer wants in that regard. So, there are certain times during the, the cycle where Amarillo presents more of a, a lemony character. Uh, so, he can pick for customers who prefer a slight lemon angle on the Amarillo, others who prefer a, uh, a more jammy, marmalade kind of character. He, he can pick for that as well.
0: Muzzin Hajar was uh, bending my ear about something very similar recently that in the US, you know, they, you can block select. Your your hops and also at what stage of the harvest you want to select. Um, yeah. it, it, are, are any brewers in Australia making those sorts of demands on, on supplies?
2: I think one of the constraints has been it's not easy to actually firstly identify um, your preference, secondly have access to it because it has to be specified months out when it's in the field before you know when it's being palletised. Then it has to be kept, kept segregated and brought into the country and stored, you know, um, separately. It's you're, uh, it's a bit, it's a bit boring to talk about. But from a from a supply, or, yeah, brewers would understand because it's it's like it's basically like changing one skew, and you know it's like your IPA recipe and splitting it into three different um, products.
0: And, so the, but also and then the challenges of cold storing you know, yeah. in, an, in, in, in an industry that's not set up for that sort of logistics chain. So, storing it yeah. and getting
2: the quantities right. And, um, and then that's
0: going to have cost implications as well.
2: Yeah, you can do. Um, or it can just be uh, for us. We're, we're attacking it as though it's a logistics and an organisational challenge and, and gearing up so that we can uh, track customers' preferences, requests... Segregate the inventory um, and and offer it to them, and there'll be some volume constraints uh, in terms of what quantities you know, you can't do it for the customer taking five kilos. I guess it's difficult, but um, but uh, you know, offering that's what we do. That's a uh, that's how that's what our mission in life in the industry is is to is to supply ingredients, and um, as things evolve, um, you, you've, you've you've got to get more sophisticated at doing that.
0: Now, the other thing that you and I've spoken. About a little bit off mic, uh, Phil is the whole idea of proprietary versus uh, open source or publicly available hops, and and yeah. yet, I guess when you did have a uh, hop supply that was proprietary to, to to some example, it wasn't as big an issue. But suddenly, as your business has changed, you've uh, uh, other elements of the industry become more relevant to you.
2: Yeah. Oh, look, there is there is no doubt that um, some of the proprietary hops that are available are hugely characteristic um, or you know, full of character and the, our market here are, I think um, similar to, similar to the US, but probably more pronounced um, because of the size of the market in Australia. but mosaic citra, those sorts of hops, Simcoe, um, have had a huge impact on the styles of beer. Like anything, we're always looking for what's, what's next and what's new and we're looking for it, evolution and innovation in flavor. The U.S. has always had a great breeding program, highly developed breeding program, the USDA. That's one of the good breeding programs in the U.S. Obviously, um, you know, the uh, HBC another good one um, and uh, some of the, one of the other big producers has a, has a good breeding program as well.
1: Yeah, Steiner runs a really good
2: breeding program.
1: I think the, the, the big thing is that we're moving towards 2020 now and brewers are constantly evolving and constantly looking for the the next new flavor profile that will keep their consumers engaged with their brands and their beers for the next decade and it it it, that's something that constantly evolves and changes and what it is today is not what it'll be tomorrow so that's something that we've always worked really really hard to keep one step ahead of and and be there with the right products at the right time so a big part of what what our um, drivers are going forward, it's, it's still being in that position to have the right products.
0: Is there a public... There's no public research in Australia anymore. This CSIRO, which developed Pride of Ringwood back in the 50s, With you know, after a long period of research, are, are they still working in the uh, hop development space?
2: Yeah, I guess um, a lot of the breeding... Um, that would be a good question for, uh, for the HPA guys... Okay. But look, there's, there is enough, uh, there's enough experimental hop production going on in the world to keep everybody happy. It just takes, it takes a supplier to actually make the product available and it takes an appetite for experimentation um, in, the, in, the, in the user of the product. And, um, you know, a lot of people would be, be sort of semi-aware of, um, of the experimental programs going on in, in Germany with, um, with some of their, you know, Huel, Melon, and Mandarin and Bavaria, and those sorts of hops. Um, similar things happening in um, in the French with the French hop industry. The UK is just on the verge of really contributing some significant um, aroma hops to the market. Um, and then, so and then we come back full circle to the US, the USDA's breeding program, which has just got a um, a lifetime's worth of uh, breeding information there's so many hops out there that so we okay just to list a few you know you've got things like um eldorado things like cashmere things like uh, they've they've come from the from the public breeding program um we've got strata which has come and from just, a just new clarify,
0: that means that anyone can grow them uh, so so you so you, 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 you're not locked into uh correct. licensing agreements or correct. anything and like there's
2: that breweries like um what's this what's the uh seattle uh, georgetown uh, georgetown um Lagunitas, uh, Firestone Walker. These US big brewers are, um, are really latching onto the public uh, hop. I guess I guess they can see some counterpoint to, in some ways, proprietary hops. Look, I'll, I'll just throw it out there anyway. In some ways proprietary hops are um, kind of counter to uh, craft brewers' uh, initial, you know, desire in the industry. They don't really want to be told what they can buy and who from. They want want to make decisions around their uh around their beers and their ingredients based on flavor and and the more proprietary hops get locked down through distribution channels i think the more people will look for ways to circumvent it and and not to be told not to be controlled but isn't and
0: isn't that the way that a good economy works because we 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 do want uh you know hop breeding programs are very expensive we do yeah. want them, and if you do invest in that, I, I guess there has to be a. It's the same yeah. argument that the pharmaceutical I, companies. I, I,
2: I want to. I want to be really. Yeah I, yeah, I do want to be really clear on that. Like, what's happened with, um, with 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 the proprietary hops in the US is a real testament to the 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 the, fam- the US hop growing families that have actually invested tens of millions of dollars into the production of those hops. They have put their money where their mouth is and they have um, they've needed to control those hops and they command a premium and I think they've whilst they've done you know, its it's been good, it's good business sense but it's also come from a real uh, industry, service to the industry where they want to make sure that there's hop supply available and I think that can't be discounted and can't be forgotten. The, the families that have sold proprietary hops that have actually reinvested in production and it's it's huge and they all they've made sure that they've they've ensured that australian brewers have had access to those great hops it's just um i think i think like anything i'm just talking more at at an evolutionary um and obviously now we're uh we're kind of excited by the prospect of also offering the um the the varieties that um aren't proprietary and commanding those premiums we'll we'll offer We'll still offer the proprietary hops, by the way, too. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying we won't, but uh, we also we just want to flatten things out, even things out, and ba- uh, the balance um, of what's available. So it's fun. That's why. I mean, ultimately, it's it's fun. You know, you can play with play with different tastes. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, well, look, <laughs>
0: that they were the hard questions, <laughs> and, and if anyone saw the footage, I'm, of I'm disappointed, a, Matt. It, well, if anyone saw the uh, footage of. Scotty Hargraves sort of uh, uh, biting his thumb uh, in in the lead up to the hottest one hundred. Uh, you, you've you've been, so been sitting there so squirming a little bit, so <laughs> it, 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 it's not been a, the, the, the easy ride. But, you know, no. but let, let, let's talk about some of the positives that have come out of the uh, the, the, the partnership. So what what has the uh, the, the new partnership with PSG given you?
2: I, I sort of touched on on talked about the security of supply. Um, there's also things that are kind of pretty boring in terms of a business sense such as um, evolved um, inventory management systems, back office systems and just those sorts of, uh, you know, company structure type stuff that it's a bit, little bit boring to talk about. and But the benefit comes through ultimately in um, being able to do things such as track track a border range of hops and allocate, you know, better service for our, just continued evolution in the service of our to our customers um but look the guys at bsg are not they're not we're, they want us to run the business here we're, we are running Meeting's family still runs bintani and um and with with their support and blessing and help where we need it we've had a lot of long relationships in in this industry and i mean i don't know like fermentus for example we um when Dad started the business, it was with fermentus yeast, but it wasn't fermentus back then. It was DCL, and they had one yeast strain. And we were my my dad was basically the first distributor that fermentus had anywhere in the world. So we were their first distributor, and really the Wigan Pen was probably the first craft brewery in the world to use fermentus yeast. It was called DCL. So, and we're we're still um, we're their longest serving distributor. Bintani is so. I mean, we could talk about yeast innovation actually too. We could talk about that for a whole another session because there's, you know, fermentus has been a kind of a traditional conservative company for a long time. The last two three years, uh, there's a huge amount of um, innovation going on in their hop range. Uh, sorry, their yeast range. And um, oh, you know, uh, that that's going to be really exciting for people to watch if they have got cool. an interest in that. Uh, and and we might actually park
0: that because it yeah. it, it does sound. Well, I, I, I guess craft beer. To, to my way of thinking was really sparked by the inventive use of hops um, you know but before then we had seen a couple of micro brewing um, pop-ups but it was really the um, creative use of aromatic flavorsome hops that seemed to really fire the imagination that saw us going but as Brewers you know th- there's still a lot of experimentation to go on hops I'm sure but Brewers being inventive are starting to look at, how they use malt and how they use barrels and how they use co-ferments and how they squeeze more out of uh, their, their yeast. And so I, I guess the the ecosystems of ha- supplying that. Hazy
2: IPAs that. Is, is a classic because some of the hops that work best in Hazy IPAs, it's now coming out that they're not they're not the proprietary hops or the, they're hops that have been around for a while and they're hops that interact in a certain way with different yeast that you use. And it's, it's, a, it's a great example of uh, innovation and research
0: well, anyone that sort of saw Tom Shellhammer um, yeah. talking about those sorts of things recently, we had the podcast with him recently, um, it was fascinating to, to, to hear how different hop varieties have a completely different chemical uh, relationship with the beer when they're going through the fermentation exactly. process.
2: It's the yeast as well, though. S33, that a lot of most people use USO5 in their um, hazy IPAs, but,
1: but, but there's a bit of research out yeah. there that... S33 had the best... Interaction with the hops to produce that haze that people are looking for, yeah. which I think it surprised uh, surprised them as well. But um, yeah, there's still a bit more work to be done in the field with that one. But it's it's really exciting the uh, the research they're doing.
0: Well, I might. Uh do a little bit of research after we uh, uh, you know, after we get out of Gabs and uh, look at either getting you on or somebody from Flamentis to find out a little bit more about it because I think it's something that uh, our brewers particularly would be interested in For sure. hearing a little bit about. Um, now, j- just one thing before, I, I have, uh, I think I've kept you longer than I promised you I would, but once you're in the hot you seat... You can always
2: edit us down, <laughs> Matt.
0: <laughs> well, it, it, it wasn't that. It was in order to get you in the hot seat, I had to promise you a, a, a shorter period. But um, I, I will give you a free kick on this one. Now, last year we... Uh, Saw you guys launch um, signature malt. Oh yeah. Um the signature malt. I believe that we might be hearing an announcement in the next couple of weeks. And I don't, well I don't want to preempt that, but how did the, the the first maybe tell us a little bit about signature malt and uh, what was involved in you know how, how the first year of that pro- uh, program went?
1: It's just on twelve months now that we launched that first batch of signature malt.
0: So just tell us what it is. You, you go out and range what you think is the best bar- malting barley in the country in a certain year and you find the best of your plants to molt it and that goes out under the Bintani signature.
1: Yeah, the, 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 the big um, driver for that was to make sure that in any season we can ensure that we have the best access to the best barley in this country because the growing the growing regions in Australia are so diverse and widely spread that in any one year it's impossible to predict who's going to have the best barley and that one of the big strengths of Joe White is that they've got the reach and they've got the plants in the right places to be able to make sure that we can find the best barley in the country and malt it in the most suitable malt house to make sure that in any year we've got the best malt for craft brewers and the, the spec and the whole um, process behind it is entirely tailored to our customers, our craft brewing customers, to what they need and their requirements are a bit different from what the uh, the large craft brewers need, so it's a, it's a level of attention and care that that um, I don't think we've we've seen delivered in a domestic base malt in Australia before. So it's, it's, for us, it's really exciting, and it's it's um, it's proving very very successful and. The brewers using signature malt just absolutely love it.
0: Oh, we'll uh, look forward to seeing the announcement of the uh, 2019 signature malt harvest and you know the, the the state for for the Providence, and uh, we'll, we'll report that in uh, hopefully the next couple of weeks. So uh, unfortunately, uh, these things being agricultural, they don't run to a schedule. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see.
2: Well, there's an awesome story that we that'll be told when we launch signature malt around um, around where it's coming from and and and. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty exciting. It's great. I mean, yeah, everyone will have a view on Joe White, but Joe White got uh, really sort of a kick in the pants in 2014, and um, and the last couple of years working with them has been pretty awesome. Um, they, they fully understand and embrace uh, the, the craft industry now, the craft market, and they're, they're doing whatever they can to work with us uh, to, to just deliver a better product, because it was possible, it was always possible... But, um, yeah, I think we're doing it now, so... Oh, well, that's great. Well, yeah.
0: Phil and Dale Mennings, thank you very much for joining me live at Gab's. Thanks to Bintani. And thank you for being the Bintani that is uh, letting us broadcast live from, uh, from Gab's 2019.
2: That's uh, a pleasure. Thanks, Matt. Cheers.
0: And that was Phil and Dale Mennings. We thank Bintani for sponsoring the podcast. And as you heard, they came on fully willing to answer all of the questions that we would normally ask any guest. We thank Craig, Steve and Guy and the whole of the Gabs team for the use of the space that we recorded in. And we congratulate them for another incredible Gabs Melbourne and their record year of Australian attendances. Gabs really is one of the world's great beer festivals. If you haven't been, you really should put it on your list.